This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast in association with 45, the new free to play score prediction game from the pools. To play 45 this weekend, visit thepools.com. You need to be in the UK and over 18 to play. I'm Joe Rimmer. The Reds are still top of the league. And um, today I'm joined by three fine gentlemen to talk about Liverpool's 4-1 win over Cardiff. To my left is Dan Kay. How are we, Dan? Hello, Joe. Very well, thank you. Sitting across the way from me there is Theo Squires. How are we, Theo? Good, thanks, Joe. And on my right is Ian Doyle, who usually sits in this seat hosting the podcast, but today you're on the other side of the fence. This, How, this feels very, very strange. It feels almost wrong. But I'm willing to take one for the team, as it were. Do you want to say who's not with us today? Uh, no, I feel as though you should do it. Okay. I feel as though you've just you've earned the right. Thanks. Not with us today is our full-time Liverpool reporter, both Liverpool correspondent. So you've got it wrong. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, you say it then. I can't on, get the staff. On. Yeah. Uh, not, not with us? us. Not with us is our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, James Pierce. Where he's very he? much away at home. <laughs> he's at a family wedding today. He yeah, is actually down. He's, he's, yeah. he's on a Monday. Yeah, sorry, no, it was it was yesterday. He's down south, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah he, so. Now that he's not home alone, I did I did tune in for last week's podcast where he went through his entire week of being by himself and yeah. watching. What did he watch? The Star is Born. A Star is Born. He went yeah, to see yeah. a Star is he Born. He said it was good. I, I encouraged I, him to go on his own. He did, did enjoy you? it. He said he didn't cry, which I don't believe him. I'm sure he did cry. He never cries. He's, yeah. he's totally emotionless. Anyway, enough of James. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, except when he's in the press for pockets. Yeah, that is true. That is or, or when somebody tackles him at football when yeah, he squeals. He also squeals. Right, yeah. anyway, anyway, enough James Pierce. Let's talk Liverpool and let's talk Cardiff. We'll start with you, Ian Doyle. Um, full name. Full name, full name. Thank we'll you. start with the team selection because there was quite a few eyebrows raised because Klopp had the audacity to use his squad. Well, oh. that's it. Um, that's it. I mean, if, if you look at it, you know, he, he picked three players. Who is it? Basically, let's just name them. Dejan Lofren, yeah. Adam Lallana and Alberto Moreno, who for a certain section of fans should be nowhere near the team for whatever reason. But I think I can't remember who was that put the tweet out that said that you know, it's a bit weird that Liverpool fans are getting upset at it was the Steve manager. Graves. Was it? Yeah, Steve was Graves. it our colleague? Yeah, yes, our colleague Steve Graves. Who, who basically came out and said that you know how dare Jurgen Klopp pick three players who've been who've been at the club for three four years? You know, players that he trusts, players that he's called upon time time and again, and who've got them into the top four and helped them certainly with Dejan Lovren up to a Champions League final. So you know, we've done all of these players you know time and time again. But uh, yeah, a lot of people were thinking, oh that. I, I, even I got some tweets saying like, oh, we're never going to win this game. So hang on, if you can't change your team for Cardiff City at home, when can you change it? That, that's it. It is madness, isn't it, Theo? And all three of them played their part. Liverpool perhaps struggled a little bit at times, but they, they got the job done, didn't they? Yeah, and it wouldn't be because of those three players. Like Alberto Moreno, he's had his moments. We all know what his dodgy moments are. And we probably did see the best and the worst of him on Saturday. But it was a good team performance. He linked up well down the left-hand side. He was getting forward well. I think there was one moment where he did this uh, majestic pirouette turn, got crunched through his troubles. But then you got Firmino there as well. Lallana's probably feeling his way back a bit still, trying to get up to speed. And Lovren, I think the criticism is, is way too harsh. We saw how good he was last year. Yeah, uh, just pick up Ian Doyle because he pulled a face then. Yeah, what, what was the, what was the, the, the worst the worst of Moreno? What was the, <laughs> he wasn't well. getting back, was he? Goal came down made, his side, didn't it? But that wasn't yeah. his fault. I mean, it's interesting that Mane came out and basically held his hand up and said, look, it wasn't down to him. It was I didn't trap me playing. Maybe he was just helping his teammate out a little bit there because Moreno did his normal, put your hand, both hands up in the air and make it perfectly clear that I'm not attempting to tackle this player. But, you know, the goal was a little bit low. I'm sure we'll get onto that a bit later on. Have a look yeah, I'm not was. blaming Moreno for the goal. It's just a few moments where you think Firmino's left back, Moreno's on the halfway line. That's, that's more, but that's more <laughs> for me. You know, though, isn't it? He just wants to get involved. 
And that is Alberto Moreno as well. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't really like Well, he gets told to do that by the manager. Yeah. I mean, the, the game that everybody looks back on is the Hoffenheim game. The first leg of the Champions League qualifier last season where I think Liverpool were 2-1 up in the last minute. And Moreno yeah. was closing down the goalkeeper. And it's like, what are you doing? He says, well, that, that, that's what the manager wants because Robertson does exactly the same thing against Manchester City and everybody loves him for it. So mm. Everybody loves Andy Robertson. Indeed, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is madness, isn't it, Dan Because he's got to use these players, hasn't he? You can't... He needs to use his squad this season. They've got to get football sometime and they've got to get minutes. Well, we've seen in the last couple of seasons how the high-intensity way that Liverpool play inevitably takes its toll on players' legs, but on players' hearts and minds as well. And I think we all talked after they, you know, that that chunk of games between Tottenham and City, mid-September to early October, that he didn't really utilise the squad that much. And I was one of those that felt he might have done mm-hmm. in the last week or so, maybe a little bit more. I mean, after how well they played on the previous Wednesday night against Red Star Belgrade and the fact that there was there is a week's gap between Cardiff and Arsenal, before the game, I was kind of thinking he might name same 11 and I wouldn't particularly have had a problem with that but as Dory rightly pointed out just then I mean if you can't utilise your squad with all due respect to Cardiff who I thought came and performed quite creditably really bearing in mind the manager beforehand had said described their task of trying to get results at Anfield as almost impossible or virtually impossible um, and they could really have had a worse start going to go down after 10 minutes and I think we all kind of sat back and hoped for and expected a procession and it didn't really happen and you know on various other post-match analyses across the web and print and whatever over the the last couple of days, people have been saying, well, Liverpool perhaps let Cardiff dictate the pace of the game a little bit too much and should really have grabbed it by the scruff of the neck. But I think when you've got a few players like the three lads who came in on Saturday, who all of them have very few minutes under their belt so far this season, that's why it was important that they got them under, you know, they got them behind them on Saturday. It's not going to be as fluent as what you would like to see and what you would expect. But um, they never looked in any real danger. I mean, I suppose at 2-1, I was kind of thinking... Were you not a little bit feel, worried then? A little bit worried? Well, I was just starting to think it's, it's starting to feel a little bit unsatisfactory. And I think if it would have finished 2-1, listen, we'd have been top of the league and I would have been sneering at... You know, there, there is a feeling that kind of like some Liverpool fans almost... Oh, I find it impossible to enjoy any result without thinking, what does this mean in the bigger picture? And sometimes you have just got to like enjoy where you are. Lovely sunny day, 4-1 win at home, top of the league. You know, it, sometimes it doesn't always have to be, where is this leading us? What does this, what does this lead to? And So I, I was reasonably satisfied. Obviously, we know if we're going to win the league, we're going to have to play better than that. But so far, we've, we've by and large passed every test put in front of us, so... Funny enough, the manager said exactly the same thing after the game when he was speaking to us in one of his breakouts and he was he was basically saying this was never going to be one of the world's greatest games. It was never going to be a world-class atmosphere, but mm. hopefully the fans were able to enjoy it and, and, and watch us win a game because... For what know, it is. Yeah, exactly. for what it is, yeah. And, and, and they've scored you know, four goals in two successive games for the first time and since Three of the February. goals on Saturday were you know, really top class, I would it say. It was a very strange game, wasn't it? I thought it was a very, very yeah, strange Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I had a, uh, an old friend over from Australia. He wasn't actually even a Liverpool fan, but just wanted to kind of see a game at Anfield. And I had to say to him before, listen, don't be expecting, you know, the famous febrile Anfield atmosphere that's fabled the world over because with the greatest win in the world to Cardiff, <laughs> a three o'clock Saturday kickoff against relative minutes like that is not going to be the same as Saint-Étienne 77 or Chelsea 05. But... That is the reality of the, of the modern game. And, and I think this team is now realising that you've got to kind of play the game 
and 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 adapt to the adapt to the situation that you find yourself in. And, and so far, Liverpool have done that. Like I say, pretty much every every time it's been asked of them this season. So, um, I you know, I was mildly encouraged, particularly as much as anything else, by the fact that Mane and Salah probably Bobby Firmino's first worst game for some time, but Mane and Salah, who had I think had both been in a bit of a drought before then starting to look just a little bit close to the sharpness again, which is what we're looking for. Okay, well, let's talk about Mane and Salah. We'll start with Salah. Um, because rightly or wrongly, there was some worries about Salah earlier this season, but he, he now seems to be back in his groove, scoring goals and central to everything Liverpool are doing. Doyle, do you think that this slight tweak of formation for Klopp and making Salah more central is getting the best out of him? Well, I think it's given him more opportunity to score goals, but going back to what you were getting at, I don't, I don't think... There was really any worry about well, no, Salah. No, the, the, I know, I know what you're going to say. Written, there was said. lots of there was lots of stuff said, but there was only really one game where he was poor, and that was mm-hmm. Napoli away, and that's when everybody everybody, everybody was rubbish in that game. So, but you know, it's because he wasn't taking the chances, wasn't he? I mean, you saw the way he took the goal. I think I think it was underrated the way he, the, the goal that he scored against Cardiff because yeah. you know they had two shots blocked and it was bouncing, but he just put it away like it's somebody who who hadn't. Had any worries whatsoever? No. He didn't look like somebody who'd not scored for about. I think it was, was it four games or something stupid before the Red Star game or, or no something before Huddersfield. Like sorry, yeah. So it, it was not like a massive drought, but for him because he scored forty-four goals last season. I mean, going on, going back to your point about playing centrally a little bit, I think that's probably why Firmino struck not struggling, but he's not mm. quite hitting the heights because he's having to get used to yeah. another new position. I and mean, there's only Mane that's really stayed where he has been playing, and even then when he. Last season, he moved from right to left because Salah turned up, but he's somebody who, you know, we may mention him a bit more in a bit, that he's somebody who stepped up again. He, he, he'd gone seven games, hadn't he, without, without scoring? Since was he seven or eight? I think it was seven in the league, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Since, uh, Leicester. was it Leicester? Leicester. Yeah, Leicester. Yeah. But, I mean, you saw the way that he finished that, that first one. He just, you know, he proper led it. It was almost like all his frustrations were coming out, <laughs> weren't he? And then, and then he scores the second goal that, Came from a pass from Salah, which obviously, as they don't pass to each other, it clearly must have been a complete <laughs> miskick. And he, he showed the other side to his game, managed to get through the two defenders, run onto the pass. And I think everybody was, ex- was thinking he's going to blast this, but just lifted over the keeper into the net and then the job was done. Yeah, he's finish. got those two sides to his game. Theo, do you think Roberto Firmino almost sacrifices himself a little bit there, coming in a little bit deeper and, and doing the hard work, if you like, making those runs back into left-back and, and helping defend so that the likes of Salah and Mane can get more out of themselves up front. Uh, yeah, I do, but I suppose that's what he's been doing ever since he's joined Liverpool. Yeah. It's just a bit more focus on it now because he's playing defensively and there's always been those question marks about whether he scores enough goals or does it really matter if Mane and Salah are getting the goals? Yeah. Well, no, it doesn't. <laughs> That's the answer, yeah. Question asked, question yeah. answered. Can, can, before we go any further on for a minute, can we just talk about his no-look back heel? Oh, well. <laughs> I, nutmeg, I was... which, which, which he has to say. He was on the floor as well. well yeah, but... he was on the floor and right on the touchline. He, he got it to Moreno and then Liverpool were on an attack. They had a chance, didn't they, at the end of that? It Imagine was... if that had been a goal, that would have been the greatest goal ever. I had a tremendous view of it because I, I was on the cop for a change and it was pretty much right in front of me. So I had a, you know, a glorious view of it. And, I, and, I, and like, Many on the cop, I was cooing and drooling over it like anyone else. <laughs> Chatting to friends later in the evening with one of my more cynical Liverpool friends said, shouldn't really have done that. If that had bounced the other way, we could have been right in trouble. Um, some people are never happy, I guess. Are, are they, I, I would imagine he was just playing for a goal kick, to be honest. He, was, he <laughs> well, probably, I, was, he I probably wasn't that. playing to put it through his legs, but just should have been a left back anyway. <laughs> well, Stop bloody Moreno. Moreno. Moreno was there for the pass. <laughs> they got away, you know. I did, so, total football. It's, funny. it's, it's Holland 1974 all over again. Talking of cooing and drooling, I was cooing and drooling over Shakiri's goal. I, I love the way he took it. I thought it was so Fabulous. calm. 
it's been a revelation, hasn't he? I mean, 13 million, but he really is. Well, to be honest, I was a little bit disappointed he didn't start mm. after I thought he was absolutely, I thought he was, he thought he was really good at Huddersfield, a very responsible performance mm. at Huddersfield, particularly like that, that second half. I think we all remember Klopp giving him down the banks. I think it was after the Chelsea League Cup game when I think, I think we got the impression that maybe Klopp felt he wasn't adhering to his defensive responsibilities as much as he might. Against Huddersfield, particularly in that, obviously he made the goal for Salah first half, but I thought he really kind of like was very, played very responsibly, sensibly with the knowledge in his mind that right, Liverpool aren't firing on all cylinders here. It's a tricky game away from home. Did what needed to be done. Against Red Star, he really, you know, we saw the real kind of offensive side of his game come to the fore. I mean, obviously the first goal, he won the ball and a beautiful slide ball inside the fullback for Robertson to set up Firmino. The second goal, the cushion touch for Salah was just filth, wasn't it? Absolutely sublime stuff. So I was actually quite disappointed to see him not start the game on Saturday. As we may come on to, I think it's one of the lads has already alluded to it this afternoon, that Lalana, he's, he's, he's still very, very much searching for real sharpness yeah. and fitness. And I think what we really saw when Shakiri came on to replace him, round about the hour mark, I think it was, wasn't it? That um, the lift that it gave us, whereas the, he just seemed to have, have a bit more confidence in him, than himself than Lalana, as, as well as, Obviously, inevitably, a bit more match fitness and sharpness because he's played more football of late. Um, but you know, together, he's shown a lot of good signs so far since he's you know in, in the probably played less than mm-hmm. eight to ten appearances, you know, including sub appearances so far. But getting that first goal and it was a beautiful goal with a little body swerve and a lovely finish into the bottom corner in front of the cop. I think will do in the world of good. And I very much doubt I'm the only Liverpoolian that would like to see him in the starting eleven at Arsenal on Saturday. Good. I'm glad you said that because that uh, segues us on to the next thing that I want to ask, Doyle. Do you think Klopp will trust him to play away at Arsenal? No. There you go. <laughs> I, well, I, I agree. I, agree. I uh, not that I don't think he doesn't trust him. I think going back to Shakiri in general, I think a lot of people just see him as this player who played for Stoke. Well, hang on. He also played for, he wasn't a success at Inter Milan, but he played for them, but he was at Bayern Munich. Well, he was a serial winner. He, he yeah. played well. He didn't play in the actual Champions League final against Klopp's Dortmund, but he was on the bench mm. and he helped them get to the final. And he scored some goals in the run there, and he's won the Bundesliga title and the cups and whatever have you. I think the Super Cup as well. I think he may have won there. So also at Bali won stuff. So this is a player who's a born winner. He wins stuff, and that's something Liverpool haven't got enough of. So he knows how to. He scores in World Cups. He, he's a man for the big occasion, which is why he's able to do these things. And I think people just looked at him and went, Stoke player, why yeah, are we yeah. signing him? But it doesn't work like that. It's like, Wayne Alden, Newcastle player, a relegated Newcastle player, why are they signing him? Robertson. Robertson, yeah, yeah a yeah. whole player. So it's, Liverpool have shown quite a, you know, a knack of taking these kind of players and seeing what they're actually capable of. Admittedly, it's not, it wasn't that hard with Shakiri, but you know, he's done more than I think a lot of Liverpool fans uh, thought we would and you're right talking about his finish for the uh, for the goal it was it was yeah. very good it was just yeah. good pass from Salah by the way yeah really good pass from Salah yeah. he, that helped make it but there was still a bit of work for him to do wasn't good there good pass from I think Fabinho was the, the pass beforehand wasn't it yeah you mean yeah, yeah, mm. well, well alright well you say he's the man for the big occasion then why <laughs> do you think that he won't play at Arsenal because it's horses for courses isn't he yeah. that's one thing that Klopp's shown this season because he's got this big squad now he'll play the players that he thinks can do the job and it's not a slight on the ones that can't because they're all capable of doing different things. I mean, Fabinho, three weeks ago, if you'd have said, yeah, he's going to be in the team for the Arsenal game, you'd have gone, no. He's not even started a Premier League game, but no, started a Premier League game now, did well. Okay, I know Arsenal have a different proposition, but I think Fabinho's shown enough that if Henderson 
in the old days, perhaps last season they'd rushed Henderson back. Mm. Now they don't really have to. So the decision is more what's better for the team, what's better for the players, rather than, right, I've got to get him in there because we haven't got any other options. But now they do. And I think if you're playing Fabinho, you've got to play one Aldum. Do you then play Shakiri with the front three? don't think so. You don't think I think so. Milner's not played for a few weeks. I think this is mm. a, a game ready-made for him. And if Shakiri comes on after an hour and Liverpool need a little more up top, then he's the ideal player to come on. Is that the difficulty now, Theo, that picking a team with the likes of Shakiri playing ever so well, but realistically you're not going to put him in the team, are you at Arsenal? Yeah, I suppose it depends how you view the Arsenal game. So um, before they drop points yesterday, they're in this insane run of form and it's all, they're a threat again. We need to be a bit more conservative there. But then maybe he is someone you want there to scare Arsenal. But I think he did it as soon as he came on at the weekend. Um, very first touch from a throw as soon as he's come on. He wants the ball, three touches, that's all he takes. And it's all so much quicker. And Arsenal, we've seen their defence, it's there for the taking. So you'd play him at Arsenal? I'd probably leave him on the bench. <laughs> but I think it'd make a difference coming on, on the hour yeah, mark. Yeah. Um, Stop copying. Come with the original <laughs> ideas. On the 70-minute mark. Because, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, their defence is there for the taking. And if he's going to speed up the play, um, we can probably score a couple of goals at the Emirates. OK, another player that Doyley mentioned then, Genie Wijnaldum, Dan. Is he like Liverpool's unexpected star of the season so far? He's been a revelation, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, I remember getting some mild rebukes from friends and colleagues when in his first season I drew some comparisons not saying they were like for like or carbon copies but some comparisons I'm between to see him this is going. and Graham Souness only because I felt and listen when we signed him I thought he was a kind of Lalana Shakiri off the front type player and clearly Klopp identified him straight away as, a, as playing a bit deeper and that's by and large where he's played the bulk of his whole career and even in that early stage because I think, I think he did very much drop off in the second season last season and was obviously kicked on since then. I saw signs in that first year of a player that could potentially do everything. He could tackle, he could pass, he can get you a fantastic athlete, great physical specimen, good passer of the ball, reads the game well. But there was very, you know, but the, 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 but he was hugely inconsistent. Obviously, particularly away from home, there was that ridiculous stat when yeah. until he scored in the Stadio Olimpico in Rome in the semi in May, he hadn't scored an away goal for Liverpool since. Adam or Doily was a lad to, to use an old local expression. Um, <laughs> since that, you know, this this season, I think he's really come into his own and is almost kind of like a, a metronome in the midfield for us. I mean, what was Cantona's famous, slightly dismissive assessment of Didier Deschamps years ago, a water carrier? And I think a lot of the times he is just getting it and giving it and recirculating the play and, and keeping things ticking over. But he is also able to kind of step up into the into the final third and and occasionally be a bit creative and and you know, I'm sure we'll come on to you what team what particularly what midfield we would like to pick for Arsenal. I can't imagine there'll be many Liverpoolians or the manager himself that would even consider leaving Wijnaldum out of a game like Arsenal away. Is he the one midfielder Donny, that right now? He's the one that is undroppable, isn't he? Well, he's he's kind of been undroppable ever since he he came to Liverpool in the sense that. I think he's made more appearances than than anybody else, possibly not for me, you know. And certainly mm. since Salah's joined, I think them three are the three that have made the most appearances. And he, he's kind of, he's always gone under the radar because he's he's not quite been that player that's divisive, like say your Henderson or someone like that. He, he doesn't have to, you know, the crowd pull of a Shakiri or, or somebody like that, or Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, people like that. But you look at it and you go, hang on, if you take him out of the team, then who can do what he does? I mean, he, you know, like Cardiff the game on Saturday I think he 
made almost as many, completed almost as many passes. There was some stat knocking around, but I think I've just worked it out that he completed almost as many passes as the whole of the Cardiff team put yeah, together. Yeah. And I know that says a lot about the way Cardiff approached the game where they didn't really change tack, even when they went 1-0 down. But it's the fact, I think he completed something like 93% of his passes, and I think 80% of them or something were in the final third, weren't they? So mm. it's not like he was just passing it around the back for, for passing's sake. He, he was actually you know, using it well. And I think he's somebody who, you know, yeah, he has admitted it to, in an interview that, that was been out today, I think yeah. it was, yeah, that he's had to change his game and come to Liverpool has turned him into a different player. I must admit, when they signed him, I did think, what on earth did they sign him for? Because I couldn't see what yeah, he brought. And you can file that under Oxlade-Chamberlain because, again, you were like, well, what's he going to bring? But obviously Klopp and the recruitment team see what these players can become. And that's a talent in itself, which is, you have to say that in itself is worth millions. And, he, and how much was one Alden? 25 million? 25. Now he's now, what, how much would he get now if he tried to, to put him up? The, the at least double that, yeah. Do you know what? I, I think the thing is, you probably wouldn't command that much money for him because he, he'll never be that type of player that commands huge transfer fees or, or, or headlines. But... He's, he's a very handy player. Actually, in that interview, he was talking about holding talks with Mauricio Pochettino at Tottenham and, mm. and they they couldn't quite agree a fee with Newcastle. But it says a lot, doesn't it, that he was wanted by big clubs. It, mm. He might have gone well, down he's, he with was Newcastle. On, he was on Liverpool's radar before Klopp was there, yeah. before he even went to Newcastle. He was somebody that, that everybody, I think, in, across Europe had, had seen him as someone who was a talent. But it's, in, in a little bit of ways, a little bit, it's like Van Dijk. Nobody wanted to have a go at him be, in terms of have a punt on him mm. because they were thinking, well, we're not exactly sure what he is and whether he can make this step up. And, okay, Van Dijk did it via Celtic and Southampton and Wijnaldum's done it via Newcastle that they've proven that they can. Yeah. It seems bizarre, doesn't it, Theo, that we were perhaps talking about him being the fall guy in the summer when Liverpool were signing new midfielders and, and Cater and, and Fabinho. But I suspect that that would never have entered Klopp's head, would it? I'd imagine not. I think he as well with the rumours in the summer, it wasn't a move to Turkey. There wasn't even yeah. big clubs being suggested no, with him. Yeah. And now... He is the main man in midfield. And you could put that down to Keita or Fabinho not quite settling in yet. But how is Henderson going to get back in this team? How is Milner going to get back in this team for like every single week? Um, I think Jurgen Klopp knows his players' talents. He knows what they're doing on the training pitch. He trusts them. And the fact that I think only uh, Salah and Firmino made more starts, as Ian said, I think Vinaldo made 50 last year. He's made 105 appearances for the club since joining. He is doing a job on a consistent basis and maybe it's not as glamorous as we expected thinking we're signing an attacking midfielder, but he's effective. Mm. He's a sort of player, do you think Do you think he'd get in, perhaps with the exception of City, get in any of the other top, the traditional top five or six teams, wouldn't he? I think so. It depends how they want to play though, doesn't mm. it? I mean... But I think he can adapt. I think he, he definitely... Can play to, yeah, yeah. To most he'd definitely style. get in United's, but then at the moment I think I might get in United's team. Yeah, yeah. Steady. Um, <laughs> City, bit of a stretch. Depends how they want to play. I'm not sure. I could see him in cities because it's what Fernandinho. He's getting on a bit, holding midfield, and they haven't got a lot of the cover in that position yeah. either, have they? Like when you got Fabian Delphi. But then is he up. getting into the team though? That's the point. I mean, it's it's all right. He'd go to all of these squads easy, but would he get into that team? I, I, City, I'm not sure. The rest of them, yeah. Definitely. I think it's the way City play probably suits him. He, he's a good passer of the ball. I think he'd be he? really good at short. I think he'd be really good at Chelsea. Yeah, I think he'd be. Good I think he'd be very good at Chelsea. But but the point is, he's been very good at Liverpool, and that's yeah. why I think people are now appreciating appreciating him for what he is. The Blood Red Podcast, brought to you by Footy Five. Play today at thepools.com. Yeah. Okay. Another midfielder, Adam Lallana. Dan, we've talked about. It. He's, he's getting back to fitness, isn't he? But have you got any worries about Lallana? Do you think he he can nail down? Well, Not a little bit. Place, but um, I mean, I think we've all had conversation. You know, 
quite a few conversations were being had after the game on Saturday because obviously there was, as I mentioned earlier, quite a clear shift up in attacking momentum from midfield when Shakiri came on to replace him round about the hour mark. And I think this, this we I think we talked about Alana quite a bit in the summer. My feeling on it always was that obviously he's had a really unfortunate couple of years, really, where he's been kind of pretty ravaged by injury. And for a player whose game was, obviously he's got great feet, loves his little twinkled toes turns and all that. But... <laughs> the little yeah. roll of the eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't seem to agree. You love a lot of twinkles. I, 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 I didn't say that in any did, kind of derogative sense. I mean, you, you have you been disappointed I, by the my number of, skills pay the bills. Have, you, have, you, yeah. we'll see. have yeah. you been disappointed by the number of crook turns he's been doing? Because he, well, he did a couple on on Saturday. There was a couple on Saturday. He, and, and he, he was actually yeah. really unlucky with that diving header that we played off the line yeah. before yeah. half time. Good header, good header. Directed it well. It was a good piece of defending. But I've certainly had this feeling for a while that. You you worry that for a player that that's game that's you know, he was basically seems like the leader of the press wasn't he yeah in, in Klopp's first season or so and so for a player yeah, who's the leader of the press it's <laughs> <laughs> the scourge of the press Ian Doyle Christine Walsh isn't here so I, I just say that uh, he would always say Lalana is the dog whistle the dog whistle the dog yeah, whistle he loves yeah. that yeah, yeah. Um, there is this fear and I've not really seen anything to kind of assuage that so far that the injuries and everything have maybe blunted just that little bit of edge, that half a yard that was enabling me to snap into the press and win the ball back so early. I mean, it's maybe unfair to say that because how can anyone really get proper full match sharpness? I always think you can only 10 to 12 games, regular games. And by the nature of of how we play and and obviously the the depth of the squad that we've got now, you have to wonder, is is Lallana ever going to get that? Um, So the ball's in his court. I I think Klopp likes him because I think, you know, in that first year or so, he was he was one of seems to be one of Klopp's key lieutenants. But if a gun was put to my head now, and I kind of said, "Yeah, would he? Would, do you? Do I think Adam Lallana will still be here in August next season?" I'd say probably no. But you know, plenty of footballers have proved us all wrong on occasion before, and you know, he, he seems like a good lad to have around the squad. He's very close to Henderson, isn't he? He's been there for the whole of the Klopp era, and you would hope that maybe. It'd be lovely if you could find a second or third win from somewhere, but at the moment it looks maybe a little unlikely. I think the other thing with Alana, as you mentioned, the press is that Liverpool have changed the style a bit, so yeah. they're not pressing as much. So true, true. that maybe might suit him then, because he wouldn't have to do as much running. I suppose you're right there, yeah, actually. Maybe. Yeah, well, but that, you were, that, you were right because he, he just totally lacked pace and everything he did. He was taking too many touches, I think. But that's just feeling your way back into it, isn't it? After well, having that, been that's out for so long, he always yeah. takes too many touches, though. Well, he doesn't always do it. And I think it's very deliberate that Klopp's been playing him out wide, hasn't he, in these two games? Whereas before, when he was at his best, it was in that central position. And when you've got the midfield options, we don't have as many options there the last couple of weeks because of the injuries. And he still resisted the urge to play him centrally. He's put him out wide. So maybe that is helping him ease back in without being right in the engine room. Yeah. Um, he is the sort of player that, that need, I know we can say this about a lot of players, but Lallana certainly strikes me as a sort of player that needs rhythm, that needs, Definitely. like Dan said, yeah. needs minutes. He's not, it's, it's very difficult for him to play the way he does by just coming in first time out the cold, isn't it? Well, I think Klopp's always said that about Lallana. Lallana said that about Lallana as well, but you're right, there are a few players in Liverpool squad who are a bit like that. I mean, I've done a little tale on uh, Divock Origi, and he's yeah. somebody who... Klopp's first season, he was he, he ended up being you know, the main striker until he got injured. Since then, it's not quite gone to plan. Well, he actually, even at the, the end of the 2016-17 season, where Mane got injured, he came in, scored a scored few goals seven, towards, towards the end, Ham, and yeah. he started, I think, the last 10 games. But 
you know, Liverpool have moved on since then and he's finding it hard to find the rhythm. So this comes back to the question about rotation. Why does he rotate the players, you know, Jurgen Klopp? Why why does he pl- play Moreno, Lovren, all those kind of places? Because they have to, he has to. What's the point of having this big squad if you're not going to use it? Okay, another thing I was frustrated about on Saturday. and Okay, so the one thing I was frustrated about clean sheet I wanted Liverpool to keep that clean sheet <laughs> yeah I, I that, did as well because I'd record. written a big piece on it and then of course they scored <laughs> and I was like oh dear it was going to happen though just pretend anyway. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well one brave fan decided to um, have a little go at Alisson on Twitter yeah I bet he's <laughs> never been anywhere near Anfield <laughs> yeah yeah. Alisson slapped him down with um, a Good great snow. tweet that just said you're an idiot um, is that fan an idiot Ian Doyle um, yes. Yeah. Without wishing, without being in possession of all of the facts, I'd have to say, yeah, he's an idiot. Do you? He's probably not listening, so yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if he was listening? Yes. If, if, yeah, if he was listening, I'd say, yeah, come so down. you are an Bring idiot. Because you'll need it, pal. Yeah. I mean, as, as Joe Rimmer would take it. I was no on problem. the cop quite near the back of the cop. My season ticket is normally in the Kemlin towards the Anfield Road. Then, so to be honest, I didn't see the goal that well. And initially, yeah, I know what you're going to say. Initially, now. it looked like it had gone, gone straight, straight in, in the yeah, cross that's what, yeah. and gone straight through. And yeah. we all looked at each other going, "That looks like a really bad error." Now, obviously, having seen it back, the cross takes a, quite a big deflection off Van Dyke, and I didn't realise that the lad who scored it was literally point blank range oh, in yeah. front of him, hmm. and he just kind of slotted it through his legs. It was just one of those unfortunate. I mean, Klopp actually said after the game, it almost did us a favour. Yeah, and it kind of like woke 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 the players up because it also gave weird. Cardiff an incentive to come out then, didn't it? And then yeah. people picked them off. Yeah, um, I mean, we you know it would have been a record tenth Anfield league clean sheet, wouldn't it? it was the first goal mm. we conceded since West Ham's consolation goal in the four one win back in February. So yeah, we I think we'd all have liked a, a clean sheet, and it was mildly irksome yeah. to see the irksome's net a great word by the way. Thank you. Um, <laughs> to to, to to, to see Allison's goal breached there, but I think in the grander scheme of things, it wasn't. It was. It was. It, was, it wasn't exactly the end of the world, and hopefully, this will motivate them to go on another great run. Isn't this just us finding something else to moan about? Yeah. <laughs> well, well suddenly one 0 wins, and now it's well, all win for. If we're one. nitpicking, if we're if we're having to dig as deep as this to find something to criticise, then you know, compare it to three or four years ago. Yeah, well, I'm happy to nitpick. The other thing that I love about Alison <laughs> <Probably now>. um, <laughs> is... Um, Phil's it, time. No, it, 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 <laughs> quick, how many, how many minutes left? Uh, is him singing. I, I loved the Brazilians having a little for karaoke session. Theo, is he the best singer that you've seen at Anfield? <laughs> I've not seen the video. <laughs> oh, have you not watched the video? Dan, come on, someone. It's great. He's really good. He's the best singer I've seen at Anfield since I've seen you belting out the fields of Anfield Road on one of your rare sorties into oh, the Kevin Road alongside yeah, your old man. When was yeah, this? Oh, my old man. Dan and I sometimes bump into each other. Um, you want to look where you're going, really, don't you? dad's. Interesting. But yeah, definitely the best since you, and certainly the best until John Bon Jovi. Well, I was going to, you beat me to it. There's <laughs> yeah. pink and all them coming. Take that. Yeah. You're more of a take that person, Joe, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, to be honest, I, what's your favourite take that take song? That song um, Back for Good, great record. Back for Good's good. What's the other I one? I quite like the, the flood. The, what's the one with like the children sing at the start? What's that one? I'm too young. I yeah, can't help you. Yeah. Let's never forget. Let's never yeah, forget. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, yeah. we're anyway, showing far too much. Take yeah. that knowledge. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, I prefer Cut. Robbie Williams. Quite, quite like Robbie on his own. Yeah, Ro- uh, Supreme's his best song. Road to Mandalay. No, Su- Supreme's his best song. Feel, feels a good Feel, one. Yeah, yeah. Theo. Yeah. Theo. I'm too young. <laughs> too young. Anyway, well, tell you what. Okay, that that segues. too achingly hip to bit for Robbie, aren't you? That segues us onto the next point. Ian Doyle, you're pretty old. 
<laughs> so I would this... like to point out I'm 42 years of age. Let's just put, go go around the desk now. How old are you, Dan? 21. How old are you, Dan? 41. Thank you. How old are you, Joe? <laughs> I'm 30. And Theo? 26. Really? Yeah. I thought you were younger. Anyway. So you are, <laughs> so you are the granddaddy of us yeah. all. If we're talking facts, you're the yeah. oldest man. You can't argue with that. Yeah, yeah. you can't argue. The most experienced Is and the greatest. The title, yeah, all the, the facts. The tightest title race you've seen in a long time? In a long time, yeah. But they've, only, they've only had 10 games. I know. Well, just humour us. We've got 15 minutes left. Okay, it is tight. And I can't remember the last time that there was this many t- teams going into like 10, 11, at the second quarter unbeaten. of the season, unbeaten. I can yeah. tell you. <laughs> okay, I can't tell you, but Theo can. Go on, yeah. Theo. 1990, 1991. 1991? Really? And I, I, I can tell him it was Liverpool, Arsenal, Crystal Palace. And Tottenham. And Tottenham, and Tottenham. Tottenham. And Tottenham really? Oh, interesting. Uh, it, well, I'm glad you mentioned Tottenham because it's they're like on Gasman. the they're on the best ever start to a season. And where are they? Fourth. And they could be down to. And Pochettino said he's yeah, never yeah, been exactly. more miserable yeah, there. Yeah. It's like, it's Man City could be fifth this evening. If they lose this evening, they could be fifth. That's really? unbelievable. Yeah, and yet they still only be. I thought it's fourth, isn't it? They can't yeah. drop. Oh, they can't drop. We're losing. Yeah, sorry, I saw that. But yeah, but still, I mean, to see Man City down in fourth. Would just be bizarre, wouldn't it? Considering well, it, how good they've been. this underlines, and I think a few other people have written this story that we were going to write, but we're still going to do it anyway. Is the fact that <laughs> the teams outside of the top six are having next to no impact mm. on the teams in the top six? Yeah. yeah, I mean, United lost a few games. I think uh, Wolves drew with Man City, yeah. and Watford beat Tottenham. And other than Arsenal, Crystal Palace, up until that one, that was it. Yeah. Arsenal, Crystal Palace, because Liverpool have beaten everybody who's outside of the the top six, and that's why they are knocking over these teams. We're going to come to a point where it is going to be, it looks like the mini league between the teams mm-hmm. in the top six that could well decide who's going to finish top. And you know, Liverpool, what they've done, they've drew with City, drew with, City, drew with Chelsea, Chelsea. Mm-hmm. beat Tottenham. Tottenham and they've got Arsenal coming up, which is why the Arsenal game is going to be so important. Are we still saying big six? Do we count United? Or I think United, yeah, because they're capable yeah. of pulling out a good result against one of their other yeah. five. I mean, they, they were them seconds of beating and winning at Chelsea, which would have been a great result for well, them. Well, and no matter how much we've all been kind of taking great delight in their misfortunes in the last couple of seasons and the general malaise coming from Old Trafford, Liverpool still haven't beaten them in the Jose Mourinho yeah. era. And, and they finished second last year. Yeah. And I think people forget that. Jose Mourinho isn't David Moyes. I don't see Liverpool going there and swatting <laughs> them aside. Jose, Jose Mourinho is not David Moyes. Thank but, you for that. No, but in, ter- in terms of... He looks as bad as him at the moment. <laughs> but he will, always, he will always make life difficult for teams, won't he? Big, big yeah, teams. He's not he gonna, he's, yeah. Yeah. Whereas well, with Moyes, there was always the feeling that, kind of, well, you look at his record at Everton, mm. you know, as by and large, very successful decade period there, but no wins ever away at any of the top sides. And there was always this feeling, you know, we all know, you know, blue friends and colleagues and family, whatever, that when the push comes to shove, he... He didn't have what it t- took in the big games, where it's almost the other way with Mourinho. Yeah. He kind of comes alive for the big games, but it's the day-to-day bread and butter that wins your championships that seems mm. to have kind of like fallen by the wayside for him in, in recent years. Theo, we watched a little bit of Arsenal yesterday, um, and you alluded to it before. They've got some defensive issues. They've been very good going forward, um, but their, their winning run came to an end yesterday at, at Palace. Is this the sort of game where Liverpool need to go and get on the front for attack, sort of, take the handbrake off a little bit it's the sort of game where if Arsenal start well then it's going to be dangerous for Liverpool um, they're a team that's very much needs the confidence to get going um, and their fan base we've seen they're very hit and miss mm-hmm. I, I think we've said before Arsenal were like Liverpool in 13-14 the only difference yeah, is yeah. there's a lot more good teams in this division who in this tight, tight title race 
Why are you giving me weird looks, darling? <laughs> no, I'm just saying that this, this, these seats are a bit sticky. I find myself a little bit. Yeah. You know, no one wants to hear that. Well, I'm just saying that's why I was wandering, you know, wandering around my seat. And that's why you were staring at me. In that yeah, because I was, I was uncomfortable. Okay, all right. Now we all are. <laughs> <laughs> now all of our listeners are. Well, they won't listen to the end of this podcast yeah. now anyway. Listen, <laughs> I think the thing about Arsenal, glad Theo mentioned that, whether they go on the attack or not. The last two times they've gone to the Emirates, they've scored three and won by one and scored three and got a draw. Mm. So Arsenal, for all their faults, they're capable of scoring goals. So I think this could well be a case of can Liverpool's defence keep out Arsenal's attack because Liverpool the way Arsenal play will get chances, whether that's on the counter-attack or set pieces or just from open play. Mm. I think it was a good point Theo made as well about the fact that Arsenal and their crowd in these big games do have the ability to turn it on. And I think last season's game at the Emirates on the Friday night before Christmas, I think, wasn't it? Mm. Um, summed that up perfectly where, you know, for the first hour, Liverpool seen pretty much in command, 2-0 up. And then all of a sudden within five, I think we can see about three goals in about six minutes and all of a sudden we're 3-2 down. And in the end, Firmino scraped an equal. It was a great game, but it just, you know, and obviously this was Arsenal during Arsene Wenger's last season. The club was virtually at civil war. There was huge discontent right throughout the club, but they still have the, almost like the, the crowd and, the, and the, the team, almost muscle memory from big games. All of a sudden they can get on a roll. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, Klopp will no doubt make his team aware of and make sure that they're ready for because it, it's a big game. And all right, I know that they dropped points yesterday, but they're what twelve and beaten. Mm, yeah. Fancy in the chances, so it's it's you know it's set up for you know it, it should be a great game of football. Who, who went off in that game? Was it Henderson or Milner? Who went off early for Liverpool? Because Henderson, did, did, Henderson and didn't Liverpool, didn't Liverpool have Clavan and Matip as the two centre backs? Possibly, and obviously was there, there was certainly three? no Allison, certainly no Van Dijk. Minilay uh, made a pretty horrible error, I think, for the, was it the second yeah. goal. Yeah, that was the end of his first choice error, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. pretty, so, yeah, pretty much. So yeah. that's what brings me back to what I said before about it's going to be Liverpool's defence. If Liverpool are going to get a win here, this, that's what's going to win them the game. Well, the defence has improved no end this season. So who'd you go for though? The two centre halves. Uh, oh, that's a good shout. There, I think I'd probably go with Gomez because Pace. Gomez alongside Van Dijk. Because of the pace, yeah. Mm. That's that'd be the reason that I'd I'd pick it, which is a bit harsh on Lovren because mm. since he's come in, I don't think he's barely done anything wrong. Apart from, apart from nearly conceded a penalty against City. And Theo, you keep Moreno in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd put go, uh, left back. Gomez yeah. right back. Gomez right back. Well it's a Bamiang, isn't it? He's up against. Mm. Oh, interesting. So you'd have a sense about Lovren. 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 Well that that's I think that's the, the the key consideration for the manager will be is he prepared to Risk. I, I don't like using the word risk. I'm a huge Trent fan. Not far, probably off our ex of this parish, Andy Kelly, who, as we all know, had a lot of time from Trent, Trent, the boy from West Derby. <laughs> um, but obviously, he's missed a couple of games. Yeah, you know, we've been left out of some big games recently. Um, Alexander Arnold, which obviously shows that the manager is, you know, still sculpting him into the kind of player and and and, and guiding him into, into, into giving him the kind of performances that he wants and it'll be very interesting to see which way he goes obviously if if Gomez plays centre back and Trent plays in the right back position you think well we'd have a little bit more of an attacking thrust and maybe for that kind of game that's what you'd want but as has been pointed out Arsenal do have some quality attacking players with pace and maybe having Lovren in there with Gomez at right back might make him feel a bit more secure defensively I just remembered there was something I wanted to ask you all about the Cardiff game. So hmm. I'll put this to the floor. Has Neil Warnock mellowed in his old age? Because I thought he was thinking okay. That. I, yeah. think, I think he's... Is that, wrong that, with that, me or is it... You're not, is the, first, not, you're not the first you, person to say that, but I would say the point about Neil Warnock is 
were his eyebrows? <laughs> That's a good, good question. Now, where have they gone? I don't. He used to have some, but but they've they've gone. There is and something this isn't, strange. This isn't this isn't a recent thing. They've been gone for a while, and I only really just noticed it at the, at the weekend. He was like, just noticed what, now. What, what's wrong with right, what, what, right What's wrong with his face? Where are they going? If you know their whereabouts, please inform me and Doyle. Is it a reward or? Uh, no, <laughs> no, no. We, we work for Reach PLC. We we can't afford to give away such things. Well, Neil Warlock certainly seems to have mellowed because I I thought he was all right. Well, I, I mean, you, some people might say he was having a little bit of a snap after the game. Say Liverpool look good, but they won't. You know, I don't think they'll win the leader. Of I don't think he was, you did say they win the champion or could win the champions. Yeah. He explained why though, didn't he? Well, if if you drill, you know, if if you read all, all of what he said, and you know, I'm old enough to remember when was it, 2003 League Cup semi. Yeah, yeah. The, Sheffield United. The, the, yeah, yeah. The, the spitting on the floor. Aren't yeah, you? The, earlier thing, in the yeah. season, I think when we, a few years later, when there was the controversial Gerard Jagielka penalty. Yeah. First day of the season, and he went on about it. He was still talking about it in the last didn't game. They get, the didn't they get relegated? Not too saying the yeah, that was yeah. it. Yeah, he blamed Benitez. Well, along with Liverpool for playing a scratch team at Fulham, even though he put out a very weak team at Man United. <laughs> yeah, Man United. Yeah. You know, he's, he's for a long time he's never been the cops' most favourite opposing manager but now I, I saw some of his comments before the game and after the game and thinking well to be fair so he, he should be mellowing a little bit he, uh, he, he's, he's 70 little, this year is he actually 70 yeah, I was going to say he not yet he's, he's mid 60 next birthday, yeah. On 70. Yeah, yeah. so he is very much an elder statesman of the game you know he's whether you like him or loathe him he, he has had a great record I remember him getting Notts County promoted at Tramay's expense in about 1990 and isn't he I don't think there's too many people that have won more promotions well he was the he was the first person to get a team out of the conference Scarborough in 87 yeah Um, so I kind of I think he maybe there's a realisation on his part he's coming towards the end of his career he's maybe starting to think about how he's Going to be remembered and doesn't want to be seen as being someone probably who's doesn't benefit carpeting. Cardiff though, does it? He doesn't seem to be as he got the promoted. No, in terms of staying in the league, it doesn't seem as competitive. Yeah, but as they're he never going to. Gonna, yeah, he but, just seems to be enjoying them. But he must. Well, Angie, you say that, but you look at the way that they played, and if Liverpool don't get their early goal, it's it's one of those days at Anfield, isn't it? Even when it went to one one nil, they stuck to their game plan. And and, and, and and well, yes, <laughs> I know they got beat, but they, they could have got beat by more. And if you know they make it two one, there was as. Dan said, what was it, unsatisfactory period? Well, I mean, so we were four, what, four nil on Wednesday. Make this snappy, Dan. Sorry. <laughs> we, were four, we were four nil on Wednesday, and I think there was very much the feeling that the scoreline flattered them. Mm. You could argue four one on Saturday, maybe slightly flattered Liverpool. Yeah. Because even though they were clearly the better side, they let the game drift. They let the game kind of almost be played at Cardiff's pace for too long. And I think that's what caused the slight sense of ang- anxiety and frustration in the crowd until quality told towards the end okay before we finish off we've had a request mm. uh, somebody on Twitter has asked us to talk about the under 23s so Ian Doyle talk about the under 23s they are Go. playing Blackburn <laughs> they're playing Blackburn tonight away um, funny enough, I was looking at the table before I, I knew they hadn't started the season particularly well but they've only won two of their eight games uh, the under 23s but I don't really think that's been reflective of their performances the fact that their goal difference I think is it's either minus one or it's level you know basically they've done been in the games. They won at Chelsea the other week, but they, they, got, they, got, beat, they, got, beat, they got beat by Derby 3-2, which was ridiculous, really, because yeah. they, they dominated for yeah, the most part. I mean, but at that level, it's the performance of the individual players that's more 
of more import than the actual results themselves. But you've got to remind, last season they very nearly won the Premier League too. Mm-hmm. They came within, I think it was the, it ended up being a last minute equaliser for Arsenal, which is what cost them in the next to last game or something like that. So they were, so they were close. But you know, I think it's it's difficult really because they got you know Markovic is playing for them. He has to get a run out every now and again, and he's, he's is he taking the position of somebody? Up and coming, who could Wasn't, be playing? Didn't we have for, a story last week. They were saying that kind of like he, yeah, so he's done. He's, he's been. Critchley was saying yeah, he's great been, attitude, you know, great yeah, pro, great he's help. Been helping the younger lads. Fair play to the for that, yeah. even if he's still rinsing the club on way. Parasite, which is in, in, in which is which is in contrast, which is in contrast, by the way, to how the under 18s and the under 19s in the UEFA Youth League have been have been doing because mm-hmm. they're right near the top of. The, the, I don't know what the, what the division's called Premier League 2 minus 3 plus 5 or something like that yeah, yeah. but I think they're second or third behind Everton and obviously they're unbeaten in Europe still OK we'll leave it there before we go uh, just want to say it was a very sad weekend for prem, for the Premier League yeah. and for football um, tragic circumstances at Leicester also Glenn Hoddle collapsing um, and the elderly fan that died at Brighton so um, I think all the lads will echo me and saying the thoughts of everyone yeah. in football uh, with Indeed. people at Leicester and with Glenn Hoddle. Hopefully, he makes a full recovery and that the family of the people at Brighton as well. So, um, very sad weekend. We'll be back on Friday with our other Blood Red podcast looking ahead to Arsenal. And uh, we'll see you then. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.